Hello, listeners. This is Series 17 of Satisfied. The Series 17 podcast covered the Lifestyle Disciple Making blog series on my website. The same information and more can be found in my book, Leap into Lifestyle Disciple Making, available on melanienewton.com as well as most online bookstores. In this series, we are learning how to follow Christ as His disciple and live for Him as disciple makers. I am Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In episode 11, we gave specific suggestions on using your workday lunch break for disciple making. This is the last podcast in our series, episode 12. This one is especially directed toward those who are leaders in ministry to women within a church setting. If you have been listening to this series, you know I like to start off with a few questions for you to consider. Here's my first question. Has your ministry team been event-driven with one person overseeing Bible studies, another the retreat, and another the Christmas brunch? Here's my second question. Does your current women's ministry need to have more structure and purpose to what you organize and fund? And my third question is this. Do you see the same women involved in your ministry with rarely a new face? If you answered yes to any or all of those questions, now is the time to transition your women's ministry from being event-driven to being disciple-making focused. You will learn how to do that in this podcast. Unlike the rest of this series of podcasts, this one is especially directed toward those who are leaders in ministry to women within a church setting. Let's review what effective ministry is. I shared this quote in episode 9. It came from Sun Life Ministries at a Growing Healthy Women in Ministry conference. This is what they said. An effective ministry is not necessarily a big or busy ministry, but one that is regularly reaching new people for Christ, building them up in the faith, and equipping them to reach their generation for Christ. An effective ministry is not necessarily a big and busy one. That is what happens to any growing ministry segment of a church. The more people coming into the church community, the more programs are added to accommodate them. The problem is that programs without real purpose related to all aspects of disciple-making are missing the mark. The terms discipleship and disciple-making often get confused. Most churches I've attended have been heavily focused on discipleship. As I mentioned in previous podcasts, discipleship usually refers to the normal process for Christians to grow in their faith through Bible studies, prayer, worship, and small groups. It usually focuses on individual spiritual growth. Discipleship is an essential part of getting established in your faith, but it is only one-third of what Jesus commissioned us to do. The quote I just read outlines the three phases of the disciple-making process. Continually reaching new people for Christ. That is the connect phase. Building them up in the faith. That is the established phase. Training and releasing them to reach their generation for Christ. That is the launch phase. Disciple-making includes seeing people trust in Christ and grow in their faith. 
It also includes training those same Christians to reach new people for Christ and help new believers grow in their faith so those can then reach their own peers for Christ. Women of all ages and stages of life can learn to share their faith and disciple new believers. Wherever women gather, disciple-making can take place there. Leaders in women's ministry need to keep all aspects of disciple-making in mind as they plan activities for the year. Disciple-making makes disciples who make more disciples. It is others-focused more than self-focused. Focus is a key concept in a disciple-making ministry. Where is your focus? For purposes of this podcast, we need to define what we mean by women's ministry. Many church ministries involve women in teaching children's classes, serving in local missions, and being on the worship team. Those are not considered women's ministry. Women's ministry is whatever is offered to women and for women, so each one can know and live out her commission twofold purpose, to follow Jesus as his disciple and to live for Jesus as a disciple maker. It is so easy to lose that disciple-making focus. I asked three questions at the beginning of this podcast. First question was this. Has your ministry team been event-driven with one person overseeing Bible studies, another the retreat, and another the Christmas brunch? This is how most women's leadership teams are organized, event-driven, not disciple-making driven. The second question I asked is this, does your current women's ministry need to have more structure and purpose to what you organize and fund? Often you do what the women want to do. If you leave planning up to what women want, the result will be lots of fellowship activities with other Christians and Bible studies thrown in for learning and developing close friends. Nothing is wrong with having fun together, but Jesus commissioned us to make disciples who make disciples. That begins at the local church and spreads out to those who need Christ. It will not always be comfortable. The third question I asked is this. Do you see the same women involved in your ministry with rarely a new face? I was in a church once that was quite exclusive. Only those who had the same values as the leading families were invited to participate in anything. It was closed to non-believers and even getting trained to reach out to non-believers. If you answered yes to any or all of those questions I just asked, You have strayed from Jesus' commission to every Christian to become a disciple-maker. This is a challenge in all churches. We get comfortable from doing things a certain way and could lose perspective. After listening to episodes 1 through 11 in this series, do you now recognize that Jesus desires you to have a greater focus on disciple-making for the women of your church? If you answer yes to that question, now is the time to transition your women's ministry from being event-focused to a disciple-making focused one. Like building relationships with non-believers and establishing new Christians, you have to be intentional about this. Strategic, deliberate, or nothing will ever change. I told you about a conference I attended in my city. The conference, which was really a training, was called Growing Healthy Women in Ministry. 
it was directed toward ministry leaders. Our church had quite a few women in leadership positions represented at that training, maybe 20 of us. I have notes throughout the training guide evaluating our existing ministries for disciple making and thoughts about how we could improve them and build upon what we were already doing. The women who attended with me loved the training so much that we asked that trainer to come to our church six months later and do the same all-day conference for us. I think we had 75 women attend. We clapped and cheered, but nothing changed. There was no evaluation of existing ministries to make them more effective for reaching new people for Christ. We already did a pretty good job of discipleship. We were definitely building believers in the faith. But the only equipping we did was to train women to be small group leaders for Bible study groups and our MOPS groups. We launched new small group leaders for church ministry, and we stayed an event-driven ministry, never making the transition to having a disciple-making focus. Changing the traditional ways we do things in our churches takes courage and strategy. It is hard work. Women will whine when you change some activity they hold dear. Remember that you are obeying the Lord Jesus Christ when he commanded his followers to be disciple makers. These are his words. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. He commanded us to make disciples who obey him in every way, which includes disciple making. Hold fast to Jesus as you obey him and lead the women in your church to obey him. Be courageous to make the transition to what he has commissioned you and every Christian woman to do. Make disciples. How do you make the transition to a disciple-making focused ministry? Start with prayer. Ask Jesus to show you the weak areas in your women's ministry regarding disciple-making. Ask Him for courage to change some events or activities to encourage disciple-making. Trust Him to help you see a better way for using your church resources and people to advance everyone into lifestyle disciple-making. The church belongs to Him. The women belong to Him. You belong to Him. You serve Him first, then the women in Jesus' name. Start with prayer. Then follow a six-step strategy to transition your women's ministry from being event-driven to becoming disciple-making focused. You can go to my website, the Disciple Making page, and download the Transition to a Disciple Making Focused Women's Ministry booklet. It contains this six-step strategy plus a chart we have developed to help you list and evaluate your existing ministries. Step one is this. Evaluate existing ministries for their disciple making purpose. To evaluate existing ministries for purpose and effectiveness in disciple-making, first list the activities you offer to women, whether ongoing, those that meet weekly and monthly, or occasional, those that meet once a year. 
Consider the primary purpose of each activity and whether you can place that activity under one of the disciple-making categories. Connect, that means it reaches non-believers or prepares women to reach non-believers. Establish, that activity grows women to establish strong roots as believers, whether long time or new. Or launch, that ministry launches women in their communities to reach their peers for Christ and prepares new leaders to establish believers both inside and outside of the church. If you are unsure about an activity's purpose, mark it unclear disciple-making purpose and come back to it later. So step one is to evaluate your existing ministries for their disciple-making purpose. Step two is to enhance existing activities for disciple-making. Explore ways to enhance your existing activities to make them more effective for disciple-making. So consider each phase, the connect phase. How could you make some ministries more receptive for new people, including childcare spots for the unchurched? How can you design the activity more for the community and promote it invitingly? Will you recruit and prepare designated engagers for specific activities, including follow-up? That was covered in Episode 3. Consider the established phase. Can you add a group for beginners to your existing Bible studies? We covered this in Episode 8. Can you offer a variety of study levels and make them cross-generational? Will you train your small group leaders for disciple-making in their groups? We covered this in Episode 7. The Launch Phase Will you train and encourage women to connect with non-believers, practice telling their faith stories, and practice sharing the Gospel message? We covered these in Episodes 2 through 5. Will you give training and encouragement to women to start and lead Bible studies outside of church ministries? Those are just a few ways you can enhance existing ministries for disciple-making. Step three is to replace those activities less effective for disciple-making. So consider how to replace those activities that do not have a disciple-making purpose or have become less effective. That means you have to be willing to change that activity or stop doing it and replace it with something new. Several years ago, I read a book called Community is Messy by Heather Zempel. She wrote a whole chapter called Operation Kaboom. She said that leaders need to be willing to blow things up when an activity or event is no longer effective at doing what it is supposed to accomplish. Such kabooming requires humility and honesty to recognize that what worked yesterday may not work today or may never have worked at all. In the process of blowing things up to change or stop a favorite activity, her advice is this. Be discerning. Make sure God has initiated the process and invite Him to be a part of it all the way through. Be willing to hurt some feelings and offend some people. Stop doing things that are really good to make way for things that are better. Just because you've always done it that way doesn't mean you should keep doing it that way.
Dear listeners, you know very well that this is hard to do. Women do not like change. We get attached and even possessive about ministries that we have started or have held together for years. This can cause an angry backlash. I saw this happen several times. You can read my blog about this on Bible.org. Search for Stop the It's My Ministry Mentality. Heather Zempel recognizes this and brings us back to focus on our purpose by saying this, There may be some activities that you really love that carry sentimental value for many people and that even accomplish good things, but they are no longer the right thing. Be willing to stop good things to make way for better things. She's right. But that takes courage and obedience. When we are truly open to the Lord's leading, we must be willing to let go of our cherished way of doing things if they are not continually bringing new people to Christ, establishing new believers well, and launching everyone into lifestyle disciple-making. A few tweaks may not fix it. Time to kaboom it. Let me insert a caution here. Move slowly with your operation kaboom. Consider whether that activity can be moved to another church ministry, such as local missions or hospitality or assimilation. Or perhaps it can be released to an individual to continue doing it apart from women's ministry. Whatever you do, always plan a time of celebration and appreciation if you end it. Step four in the transition strategy. Consider new ways to address the weak areas. When you do the evaluation of your current ministries, where are the weak areas? Only you can identify those for your church, but I've recognized three general weak areas in a typical women's ministry. One of them is this, the lack of preparation for church women to befriend and share their faith with unchurched women. We have discussed this throughout this podcast series, specifically episodes two, three, four, and five addressed how to get prepared for sharing your faith. Another weak area is the disconnected women. Who is left out of your current ministry? Why are they left out? Where can you draw them into the community of women so they can grow and be encouraged to reach their peers for Christ? What if they work nights and weekends? Can you offer something that would include them, even if it is just once a quarter? A third weak area is the immediate neighbors. How do you reach the women in the neighborhoods closest to your church? My daughter attended a church that intentionally reached out to the people in the houses and apartments surrounding the church building. Twice a year, the whole congregation got some preparation during the church service, then went visiting in that neighborhood afterwards. What do you recognize as the weak areas in your women's ministry regarding disciple-making? That's step four. Step five is this, transform the team to the disciple-making mission. My husband often uses this phrase, match the team to the mission. He uses it in a business context, but it applies very well in a ministry context. 
What would that look like in women's ministry to match the team to the mission? First, you would match the leadership team members to one of the three phases of disciple making, connect, establish, or launch. Ask Jesus to draw each existing team member to one of those three phases of disciple making. That does not mean you only have three team members. It does mean that your team members will make sure that the three phases of disciple making are included in the ministry activities you plan. Go to my website, the Disciple Making page, and download the Transition to a Disciple Making Focus booklet. It gives more ideas how to match the team to the mission. Secondly, determine how you will respond when others come to you with a ministry idea. Here are some questions you can ask about the idea and also ask the Lord for guidance. Purpose. What would be the main purpose of this ministry related to connect, establish, or launch? Result. Will this ministry activity reach non-believers? Will it produce new disciples? And then funding. Do you want to support and fund that which will lead to new disciples and disciple makers? By transforming your leadership team to the disciple-making mission, you help the women of your church move away from dependence on ministry events and toward learning how to make disciples who make more disciples. The local church is the best venue for disciple-making to begin. Here is one more step in the transition process. Step six is recruit a disciple-making coach to support discipling relationships. Add a disciple-making coach to your team who will support women in one-to-one -one discipling relationships and assist your leadership team in staying focused on your disciple-making purpose. Ask Jesus to bring someone's name to mind you could ask. Someone who has experience and a passion for lifestyle disciple-making. Invite her to become a disciple-making coach for women in your church. This is what she might do as part of her coaching ministry. She could advise the women's ministry team during planning sessions to determine whether existing activities or new ones being considered have any disciple-making purpose. She could be the one to oversee the designated engagers for activities open to visitors. She would give ongoing support and encouragement to women who are discipling others. She would remind them to stay dependent on the Holy Spirit as they are pursuing lifestyle disciple-making. And she could keep a supply of those one-to-one -one discipling resources on hand. She would know where they are and resupply them. Or she could provide the links for individuals to buy them as needed. Step six is to recruit a disciple-making coach. Remember, the purpose of making the transition to a disciple-making focused ministry is to prepare and encourage every Christian woman to pursue lifestyle disciple-making in her daily walk with the Lord. That fulfills our commission purpose to follow Jesus as his disciple and to live for him as a disciple-maker throughout our lives. Ask Jesus to show you the weak areas in your women's ministry regarding disciple-making. Ask Him for courage to change some events or activities so you can encourage disciple-making in other activities. 
Trust him to help you see a better way for using your church resources and people to advance everyone into lifestyle disciple making. If you need help with this transition, you can invite me to come to your church and lead your leadership team through this transition to a disciple-making focused ministry strategy. We will work through the six steps together to help you make your women's ministry more lifestyle disciple-making focused. Dear listeners, we've covered a lot in this podcast series. Remember this, disciple-making is the Lord Jesus Christ's idea and his commission to all of us as his followers. What he calls us to do, he enables us to do through his spirit at work in us and in the world. Trust him to show you what to do as you transition your women's ministry from event-driven to disciple-making focused. Then watch what he does. Follow Jesus as you leap into lifestyle disciple-making. Jesus' followers become disciple-makers. I am Melanie Newton, and you have been listening to Satisfied Series 17. I hope you will join me for another series and continue to be satisfied by His love.